Tampo? What do you want to call it? Tampo. Tampliglio. Don't answer. First, first one was best. No, don't. <laughs> don't engage. It's a don't trap. Engage. It's a trap. With Matt and his homophobic remarks. Yeah, you're right. All right, welcome to Practice Shooting After Dark. We're here to talk about shooting. As you know, as you might have expected, on deck tonight, Mr. Park. Hello. Mr. Pranka. Hello. Mr. Hopkins. Hi. He's here. So we're we've been promised a treat from Matt, a special something. Yeah. Which when he goes forth, so stick around for that. Oh, whatever Hopkins. it's going to be, none of us know. He says it's going to be awesome though, so I guess oh. we'll see. Anyway, Joel, I feel like uh, you should go first. Oh, you're right. a nice guy. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but okay. Um, so for topic, I want to talk about the biggest correction I see in class, um, which is, I mean, it probably would not be easy for, uh, or not be tough for Steger to guess, but basically it's people not utilize, utilizing their support hand as much as they should. So, uh, you know, your support hand should do the bulk of recoil control, which it sounds easy to say until you're actually firing the gun and it's going off in your hand and you're like trying to fight into it and hold on to it. And then you're, and then your support hand kind of hangs out or maybe it, you know, maybe it does or doesn't do as much as it should. So, I mean, kind of just to like cut to the chase, uh, the way I think of it is firing hand holds the gun, support hand crushes the gun. I got that from Ben, of course, it's just easy to remember. Um, so your support yeah. hand really should do the bulk of recoil control and gripping the gun. Um, the reason why it's so important to grip as hard as you can with your support hand is because you can relax your firing hand, especially when I'm shooting my Glock. Um, I'm like almost like, I mean, not exactly, but almost thinking of opening my firing hand, I'm left-handed, while I'm shooting, because I like, I just want to press the trigger straight back with my firing hand. I don't need my firing hand to clamp down and hold onto the gun at all. My support hand will do all that. My firing hand, like, just open up my hand, relax, and just press the trigger straight. Uh, I think of, like, that's kind of like a, a cue for me, and it really works well. But uh, talking about the support hand, the reason it's so important is because it makes up for a lot of marksmanship fundamentals. Um, and shortcomings. So if you got some close targets, you're like, hey, I'm just going to burn these hoes. You just, you know, like use the outline of the gun, confirmation to whatever. If you grip the gun properly, the kind of the way you press the trigger at kind of those close to some of those mid-range targets is somewhat irrelevant because you're holding onto the gun so hard with your support hand, that's holding the gun in place. Pressing the trigger like it, it doesn't really matter. It'll it'll stay inside the A zone. You'll get good enough hits. It'll, it'll be fine. Um, but at those same distance, like we'll call it medium distance, whatever that means for you, if your support hand isn't doing much and you do a little bit of that firing hand where you're you're pressing the trigger kind of with your whole hand is a way to think about it. Then the next thing you know, you start getting for a right handed shooter, the some of the low, low left shots, you're pushing into the C zone or, you know, whatever. The bullets aren't going quite where you want them to, because now you have to be more careful about the way you're pressing the trigger because you don't have you know the support hand helping you out, whatever. Um, so things to think about. Uh, I think one thing that people largely overlook is how your support hand actually contacts the gun. And there should be, uh, well, sorry for the audio listeners, but as an example, if I grip my gun and like this was with my, you know, my hand around the back and I have basically no room for my support hand, like how are you going to even do anything? So having a gun that fits your hand properly, that gives me an opening for my support hand to go in that actually contacts the gun and then when I really bite down with my support hand, I can actually really feel it get traction and contact the gun uh, is extremely important. 
Um, again, you should be gripping the gun as hard as you can with your support hand. And another way to think about it, if you ever do like slow motion, which everybody loves slow motion to show how flat their gun shoots or some other nonsense, how cool their comp is. Uh, but when you're doing slow motion, your hands should actually recoil together. So the gun should be like recoiling as one piece. And if you're watching in slow motion and you see the gun kind of recoiling, I'm exaggerating, but your support hand staying put, and your support hand really isn't doing anything. When they recoil, when you're you know watching that process, you should actually see your support hand locked on the gun, and they should all be recoiling as one unit. So anyway, uh, enough of my rambling, but. Well, no, that, that's all good information, Joel, but here here's the thing. How many people think their grip is good, but don't have a good grip? A large percentage. Yeah, so most people did. They just kind of like they think everything's fine. They they never really test themselves. They don't really shoot in practice as fast as they would like to shoot, mm -hmm. and then correct their errors at speed or kind of experiment with different grip pressures. They just don't do it, but they really should. Um, especially marksmanship fundamentals, so like practical accuracy and doubles. Uh, well, I'll say doubles especially if I'm. If I'm really trying to crank on it and shoot those 13s, 14s, 15s that I can actually do with a Glock, if I'm really getting after it and I use too much firing hand or not enough support, like I'll start to push into the gun just because I'm really trying to like trying to go fast and I'm, I'm trying to use both hands. But if I just like my support hands really clamped on the gun, my firing hand, like I said, it sounds dumb, but I'm almost thinking of like opening my hand because I just, I don't want to grip it. Like just pull the trigger, don't do anything else. The shots will just keep stacking right on top of each other because I'm not influencing it all with my firing hand. And uh, like I said, using more support hands will, you know, help make up for those uh, maybe shortcomings. But slow motion video is quite helpful. If you don't know what's happening, just watching yourself on, you know, video, just, just looking at the gun, seeing how the gun recoils. Does it look like it all recoils as one piece? Can you see your hand separating? Uh, and there the area to think about is the bottom side of the trigger guard. So if you, uh, what, but whatever, if you see like when the gun's recoiling, you see the trigger guard like not staying in contact with the top of your support hand. I'm sorry, for the, just for the audio rip listeners, Joel just took off his pants. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. What? Sorry. <laughs> I hate you so much sometimes. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Trying for to the be audio. Helpful, Joel. Uh huh. Yes, if you see the gun recoiling and you see the space uh, between the trigger guard and the top of your support hand, that would be another good giveaway that, you know, like it's not recoiling as one piece and your hands, you know, your grips separating. Yes. Well, everything you're saying is true, Joel. Well, I appreciate it, Ben. All right. Matt, what would you like to talk about? I'm sorry, Matt Paranko, of course. Hopkins <laughs> is going next. Hopkins has promised us some fireworks. Woo! I can't wait. Me neither. I would like one thing I like to talk about is kind of uh, you know on the on the training side, and I think you you alluded to it, uh, Joel and Ben talking about like people not pushing it in training, right? And I I see a lot of dudes that go out and shoot, right? And there's there's a certain part like when I'll go out to a training session that I'm checking what I've done dry lately right and i'm looking for you know match speed kind of demonstrable where where is my skill level at and then the rest of the session is going to be you know kind of pushing what i can do and it's not going to look perfect right the targets 
don't always look good, you know, and I think for a lot of guys, they they have a hard time when they're out there, you know, there's a lot of time invested, you know, resources invested, ammo, especially now that they want, they feel like if the, if they leave and they've got nice tight fist size groups in the targets, and that was a good training session. Mm-hmm. And I think the reverse is true that that's actually the worst kind of training session. If you're not learning and developing and, and actually pushing yourself, right. And you kind of spend a lot of time way outside of match pace and kind of pushing the performance and, you know, ingraining those skills and sequencing skills much, much faster that, that, that to me, that's what makes, you know, for successful training and learning how to push yourself. Right. And then it also relies on the, the stuff you said, like, Hey, you've got to make sure that those foundational skills are locked in and that you're, you're doing them correctly. So you have that ability to start putting performance into the shooting part. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. Cause I mean, so yeah, would it be fair to say some people go out and they just like, they want to feel good about themselves. So the bullets kind of just, they centered up and prep and press and kind of shoot carefully just because they want to have a kind of a, a good report card. Is that fair oh, yeah, to I say? Think every, yeah. I think they want to, nobody wants to go out and actually beat themselves up and, and develop and get better. And then when they don't get better, they can't figure out why. They just want some, give me the answer. Give me the magic sauce. Yeah. Give me the thing that's, they're like autistically chasing some, some like secret sauce, they think. So if they have B-class shooting skills, but they're like obsessed with shooting while they, while they walk backwards out of position. And that's all they want to practice. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. with like goofy ideas like that. Right. Yeah. Or that, yeah, like they're, or you're, you're training in such a niche one half of 1% yes. thing in a match. Who cares? Like, you know? Yeah, like this is not keeping you. This is not keeping you in B class. Right. Yeah, you're shouldn't shouldn't set the 25-yard partial swinger up when you can't <laughs> drop fast alphas at, at will at 10 yards. Like you got to kind of put the cart, you know, cart before the horse and sequence the training correctly, I think. Man, you're talking facts. I like it. Well, my turn. Let's move on. I think it's time to move on to Matt. I don't really have anything, anything I want to talk about. I want to, so I want to first, see what Matt's got. First thing I want to clear up, what the match I was talking about last week on PSAD was not Great Plains sectional. That's all I'll say. So, it was so not you were Great discussing what, what, some, what discussion though, Matt? Some cheating stuff or whatever, right? Yeah, the dude calling for the, asking for the doubles when like clearly he had an edge hit and the ROs like just like easily giving it to him like with hardly any look and it actually affecting the overall winner of the match in Karyopic's division. But it was not Great Plains sectional. Right. That kind of stuff pisses you off, Matt, right? Yeah, it's it's stupid. Like at that point, like that shooter knew he did not have two hits on the target. Like when it was pointed out to the ROs, there's a hit up on the edge, like up above, like on the shoulder. And they're like, oh, he only fired two. I'm like, so what about this one up here? They're like, I still see two. It's good. <laughs> it's like, and then, and then like the shooter was like, okay with that. And he like admitted that he does that on every shot like that. I'm like, oh, this is a real problem then. Yeah. And yeah, like I was following the, sc- the scores close enough. I like, I knew it would have an effect on the match, 
and I pr- was like a hundred percent, like ninety percent sure. Those that are it the would... competitors, people who lobby for every call. Like they always try to get a double when they shoot a miss. Like those guys yeah. are douchebags that we should marginalize and make fun of. Yes. Honestly, yeah, I think they have no they have no place in this sport. Uh, Fuck let those me share, guys. Let me share a little story. <laughs> I don't think he would mind me dropping his name. I shot a match recently with Jason Bradley. Uh, we're we're looking at this target. And there's an alpha, and I, I'm looking really carefully. I don't see a second hole. And uh, it was at, it was at a bit of a distance. And the RO goes to pull out his overlay. And it's like, I looking at me, it's clearly not a double. But the RO is doing his thing. And Jason goes, like, I really appreciate you doing that, but that's not a double. Like, it's not there. And, like, Jason could have been, I mean, he could probably have stood there and be like, I think that's two. Look at the top right corner or some garbage. <laughs> and, like, maybe he could have got the RO to fall for it or whatever. But it was like, Jason, like, he kind of called it funky. Like, I saw him pretty much walk to that that target first. Like, the RO is, like, being nice. But he's like, yeah, that's, like, that's that's not there. Like, you, I really, I, he's like, he's, he said, I appreciate you pulling out your overlay, but that's not Dude, there. It's so like, we bad. Don't it's see, like, we don't see a lot of that in the sport, I don't think. It's like they're following a script when they do it. Like, they go to the target, and they're like, I see a little, cor-, like, exactly like Joel said, like, a little extra hump on that one side or whatever. Like, they're following, like, a script to a T. And like, and it, you can just like tell they're going to do it because of what they say. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And it's like, well, yeah, that you shot the target at an angle. Of course, the whole exactly, yeah, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, like I said, marginalize and make fun of these people. And for the ROs, like they've got to understand, giving one guy a gift is fucking some other guy. It's like they don't get that, or they don't think about that. Like just it call it right down it the middle. Call it good. It can be whatever class. This is not just for like the good shooters. No, everybody should be overall. called right for everybody. It probably affects the classes more than it does the overall. Honestly, oh, if you think absolutely. about it, bro, like winning B class that gets super tight sometimes. Yeah, there's so many. Absolutely. Yes, the the officiating's gotten extremely loose. Uh, but I assume that's not what you want to talk about, Matt. Uh, what What's the real meat of this? Uh, no, that was like topic. that was that was me just correcting like yes I don't know what do they call it a redaction or a rebuttal or I don't know what that oh, was. I don't know clar- you, it was a clarification. you started talking and then you didn't name the match and then a lot of people assumed it was a it was a match and it wasn't that match right, right. yeah yeah exactly so my other topic is like something I've been experimenting with like I actually. Before a match, like, I have trouble, like, getting warmed up or whatever or coming out of the gate strong, right? Yeah. So I've experimented. Like, I wrote down stuff I want to practice, like, in the safe area before I shoot. Like, I don't know if anybody here has wrote anything down like that, but it's, like, the steps I need to know, like, to make sure I'm kind of good and set and, like, not doing my first draw off on the timer on the first stage, right? So I just, like, follow that. And that's one thing I've been experimenting with, like, the last month or so, I kind of wrote it down and, like, strictly following it. So, like, I'm doing draws, like, briquette loads without, like, rounds in the guns and stuff like that. Just so I'm, like, make sure I'm looking where I need to be and stuff, like, on reloads. And then I'll do some trigger control at speed and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, has anybody hey. else wrote anything down? Like, I'm sure you guys have kind of, like, a routine or stuff you want to hit, right? Um, Before, like, a pre-match routine specifically? Yeah, I guess kind of, yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, I want to get warmed up. And just like you, like, people think this is a problem that's unique to them. Everybody's like, you know, my real problem is it takes me, like, 
three stages. I'm real nervous. The first stage, and you just look at him like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, welcome to the, yeah, welcome. Yes. <laughs> the first stage of a match is hard. Yes. <laughs> like, do you think this is unique to you? No, it is not. It's everybody. Yeah. No, and, and everybody tries to reduce that gap, right? I mean, that's a big part of what you do. But no, I've, I've never had a written plan. Um, I've tried to, I've, I've been lately, I've been trying to loosen up as much as possible and like not care. So like the last club match I shot, I didn't let myself touch my gun the morning before I went. Like I didn't touch my gun the day before and I didn't touch my gun in the morning. I just went to the match and shot the match like I didn't give a fuck. So you just didn't dry fire before you actually drove it? Didn't, no, I like, I specifically disallowed it. Normally I'm right. like neurotic about it. Yeah. But I just didn't. I didn't let myself. Uh, so my gun, my my reloads weren't the best. They were okay. So like I definitely wasn't sharp in the gun handling. But as far as my overall relaxation and how I attacked the stages, I thought was excellent. It's really interesting always working on a different mindset or different thing to try, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have, Mine's kind of a comfort, I think, thing that just kind of like calms me down. If I can go to the safe area... And just like snatched my gun out of the holster. I like I look at a spot and like the weeds, the the dirt mound, whatever, the safe area, pick like the the A or whatever. I like look yeah. at a spot and I just snatched the gun out of the holster and it shows up exactly where I'm yeah. looking. Yeah, and it was, as soon as it's coming right to that spot, you're like, yeah, I'm like, let's it, I'm go. And then I'm like, I'm like, before I'm like, man, what if I miss my draws or whatever? Like I just snatched the gun out of the holster, it goes to where I look, like don't tense up my shoulders. I'm like, yep. Do a couple like trigger control at speeds. I'm like, yep, ready to send it. Let's let's shred. And I'm like that just calms me down. I'm like, yep, my holster's in the right spot. The gun, will, the sights will go where I'm looking. I'm ready to roll. Um, yeah, I haven't. What's sorry. I haven't ever had too much of like trying to warm up from like an actual fundamental skill standpoint, but rather like like bench like relaxing. Like the time I'll, I'll visit the safe area a few times, but it's more I'm not checking it are the fundamental the the what you showed up with that day is what you're going to be able to to mm -hmm. demonstrate i think it's getting into for me the right frame of mind right and kind of letting the stress go and you know kind of have it having a little bit more fun you know whether i'm still taking it serious but trying to have that internal you yeah. know dialogue that's going on to be not so serious like hey man just do it that's exactly all the work like at a club side. match last month, I did, was th doing the same thing, like talking as much shit as possible on on the PCC guys I was kind of competing with with my production gun. <laughs> and then there was like I remember there was one stage with a pretty close target. And my whole thing was like, I'm just going to try to get the fastest fucking draw I could possibly get on this and shoot a good stage after that. Like that was the whole thing I was trying to do. I didn't give a shit about anything else. Yeah. Like, and that made it yeah, more fun, you know. I, I think you gotta ramp the fun up, you know, mostly. And if you're if and that'll make you more relaxed. Shit talking's typically fun. If you get on one of the squads with one of these cheater guys, <laughs> I think you got I, I I remember Matt, we were brutal to a, a couple people at a match remember, yeah. almost ten years ago. <laughs> I tried to get this this guy was arguing for every double he could. He hit a no shoot. And I went over and tried. I lobbied the RO. I'm like, this one is this. There's two holes on this no shoot. There's two holes like, on this. Is two hits. This is a double. Well, so I think 
someone said like i, I don't know he was out, always saying he's like this hole looks long on the bottom yeah and sure as shit i went up to that no shoot i'm like this one's long on the bottom you see this and we're probably the only two that remember who said this but like uh, there was a really good shooter that said would you ask for that if it was in a no shoot is what he would ask other shooters like if they're asking yes. for doubles you know who i remember who you're talking about yeah yeah, that was, was that was great. He was, uh, was he was good. a wise That's the man. perfect way to explain it. Like, would you ask for that if it was a no shoot? Yes. When you have somebody arguing a line <laughs> call, it's like, okay, so if this were a, a no shoot, we're talking about how would you call it? <laughs> I had I went up and asked a guy this question once when he was trying to get a double, and I I had the same talk with him, and he yeah. looked at me. He was looking at me like kind of dick grown out of my head. He's like, what? Well, same I guess guys get say super it. mad when you call them out on it too. Like they get offended. You bring it up. Wonder why they're like, is. it's a us versus the it's ROs. It's almost thing. like they and know like, it's not really the right thing to do. It's weird like that, right? Yeah, and they don't like it when you. And it's more really about them that they're reacting with anger than about anything you said or did. Yeah. Mm, it's weird. It's funny how people work that way. <laughs> Sometimes when you say what's true, people get offended. All right, let's take a question. All right, my review of the recent low-cap nationals reveals that seven of the top ten overall finishes were production shooters. Rob Latham was 11th with major single stack. This is one of the rare events where we're able to compare minor versus major shooters limited to 10 or 8 capacity. Seems to me that our collective take on shooting major whenever you're allowed might have some flaws. Could you please review this in light of the recent low-cap national results? Thanks. Um, before we answer this question, I just want to say that if you hear us saying, shoot major, shoot major, you're a dumbass if you don't shoot major, we're talking about limited and open divisions. Um, it, we just generally don't talk about single stack, revolver, or, you know, yeah, we just don't talk about it, like, because we don't care about it. So that's why you might, like, because we're about to talk about what our collective takes are, and nobody's take is that you just shoot major all the time. If you're shooting revolver, I think you should definitely shoot minor. That's I think certainly you have something to. you have I think to. You, I thought because you get yeah, like two more rounds anyway, so that would make sense, right? Yeah. It's an eight shot. Right. But dang it, we never bothered having a caveat on this because shooting revolver is fucking stupid in the first place. And <laughs> I don't, Joel. I'm sorry. Right. It's like I understand if you dig it, and there's some revolver shooters who I like and think are good guys. But that's honestly, like, it's that's like your opinion, man. Yeah, that is my opinion. It is shooting revolver is dumb, objectively dumb. Um, however, single stack, uh, it depends on stage design, whether it's, I mean, straight up, the, the way they used to do it, and this is why we, we in the past would just say, hey, shoot major if you're shooting single stack nationals, they would build single stack nationals for major. When um, it was at PASA. Correct, yeah, when it was it was always at the same place, and they they always had an all steel stage where that one's good for minor, but you're just getting kind of fucked on everything else if you're shooting minor. That was just kind of the way that that it was set up. But now, it if it's set up like kind of a regular match, it just it comes down to the stages. When it's that close, 10, 10 minor or eight major, it comes down to the stages. It just it depends. There's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be a, a clear winner because you could always tilt it with stages i don't know any other opinions on that no i mean I, if we want to com comment on low cap after this i don't have any comments on the major versus minor thing yeah i don't think that's that interesting a question honestly i just think that would be a nightmare for those guys like because you always have that one of something is no good to me 
So to have two minor guns set up and two major guns set up, and then like go to the match and pick yeah, which golf club this you is, want. This would be like terrible. if you wanted to be a single, like if I wanted to be a single stack Death Stalker, I'd have forty cal single stack guns with major and minor loads, and I'd go walk the stages, then pick which power factor I'm shooting. But if I wanted to be a Death Stalker in single stack, I know that nobody would even care, so I would pick a different division to do that. <laughs> I mean, no, this is the, this is the reality. It's like not it's not worth the effort to go fuck with that division because no one's going to care. Uh, anyway. Sorry, what so else? I'm looking at the Nationals results, I guess. Uh huh. Like and his description was very weird because he's like the top the seven out of the ten were production, right? I, but yes. L10 major won the match overall if you combine them. And then, like, for difference between one and two, like, the time difference was yes, 0. The... 0.44 seconds difference overall for the match. Well, that makes sense. But there was a 2% spread between right, the, the two. The, the major guy shot won. better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but major provides a big scoring advantage. Exactly, yeah. Kind of like what we're talking about. Interesting. I don't know what else is there to say. Like, <laughs> no, that's what I mean. It's not that interesting of a question. I don't know why people nerd out on it all the time. I don't know. From an outsider or non single stat guy that I have no investment in the division at all, I just think it sounds awful to have. If you had like four guns and trying to pick, I think you'd just like, I would just make a decision, pick one, train really hard with those guns. And then some matches, maybe if your guns are set up for it, maybe some there aren't. But just switching back and forth all the time, it just seems like. And having, you know, mags for both and ammo loaded up for both and components. Cause I'm assuming because 45, maybe it's four. I don't. 49 would be the difference. Like it would be, that would be horrendous. So if they're that all small be... primers, I guess it'd be okay. But still different bullets and all that crap. It's just, it's, it's just, an, it seems like a logistical nightmare. So I would just pick one, train really hard with it. And some matches, maybe you have an advantage. In some matches, maybe you wish you had the other one, but. Well, I think like people that have talked in the past, like the people shooting minor won't wish they had shot major and the major shooters wish they shot minor. I hear that all the time. So at that point, it's yeah. like, OK, so it doesn't matter. Like, just pick one and go. I think so. Well, or pick a pick a better division. <laughs> okay. As far as I'm like, they killed when they, when they allowed minor, they killed it. It was supposed to be like IPSC, like the old days, you know, all the old guys showing up and shooting their 45s. They don't make a 46, Ben. Yeah, I know. And they, they killed, like, all those guys who were doing that are <laughs> fucking dead. Like, I mean, that in 2007 or six when they made it, it was kind of a thing to get the old dudes out, but they're, they've passed on many of them, uh, sadly. And uh, I don't know who shoots single stack anymore. It's like weirdos or whatever. I don't know. People are going to take this seriously, probably. You're going to get lots of hate mail. I'm like, no! It's like, no, I, I get it. It's Send like, your hate mail to shopping. Some, at... some people no, really like those guns. It's just like, I don't know where that's, that whole thing's going. It's, I mean, it's, it's deader than production, which is saying something, <laughs> honestly. That's well, anyway, is this a good time to stop recording? Has I said, done enough damage? I think you've done plenty. It's like, it's like when it's like, 
if you see a kid like messing with something and it's like, no, no, you've helped enough. Just like, give me that now. I think <laughs> yeah. we're to that point, Ben. <laughs> yeah, it's like when we're in your kitchen and you're trying to make a pizza and you're like, no, no, I got it. I'm like, no, <laughs> really? Hi. You're throwing like, shit around. Ben, you've helped enough. I got this. Listeners, yeah. if you have a question you want the answer to, go to my website. It's bensteger.com. Send me your question. I'd love to hear from you. All right. There we go. We did it. We killed it, you guys.